Well, good morning. Good morning. Good news. I'm Greg Taylor, news director at Q Media Radio Group. And this weekend, my guest is Lisa Schultz, who is the program director for a nonprofit called Southeast Minnesota Food Rescue and Redistribution. And uh, they serve Southeast Minnesota, kind of based over in the Rochester area. And uh, we do welcome this morning, Lisa Schultz. Is this a relatively new group or has this been going on for a while? Well, I actually stood the organization up in 2019 with a small group of emerging farmers as well as food processors and we did a micro study in 2019. A lot of my work occurs at food grower markets, so the type of growing that I do is I do indigenous gardening, urban, so I don't use agrochemicals or anything like that. Look at soil sustainability and just providing organic food in the community. So we started out just wanting to address the issue of waste. In 2020, of course, COVID came along, and then we really started looking at food waste and food insecurity in our communities. And as a natural part of the work being done, I linked in with a group called the Indigenous Farmers Work Group with the Department of Agriculture. And so as the mission has moved forward, you know, we've collaborated with places like Channel One Food Bank to better understand. So we, we began to understand that there was a waste problem and there was a food insecurity problem, which was on the high rise. We know that food insecurity increased in Minnesota 63%. So that became really, so how are we going to make this make sense? That was the question. So we did a proof of concept study this past year. We were awarded $10,000 from United Way to do so. And we were able to rescue over 4,000 pounds of food. We were able to process that. Um, we, uh, par- we have a strategic partnership with a group called Infusion Foods that's very active in the community with culturally relevant foods. So here we are now where we've done our next round of grant funding. And what we're doing here with the Southeast Minnesota Initiative Foundation would be really an economic development piece of work on this. Because so what we so where we're at right now is we're setting up a product line that is 100% locally grown when it can be and that is culturally relevant in BIPOC communities. We're talking this morning with the program director for Southeast Minnesota Food Rescue and Redistribution, Lisa Schultz. And uh, Lisa's kind of laying out what they do and uh, how they serve the communities in Southeast Minnesota. So we know that in the food system right now, we know that a BIPOC food growers and processors are not really represented in the Southeast Minnesota food system. And so what this has become is that we want to reduce known economic barriers that emerging, you know, BIPOC food growers and processors encounter in the food system. And we're about creating mechanisms that address those barriers. That's going to include things like creating more robust distribution channels. An example of that would be we don't see really BIPOC growers at Rochester farmer's market. I'm one of the well, I am the only indigenous person that trades at that market. I'm my sixth season. And this is definitely not to speak negatively upon Rochester Farmers Market. That is not unique to growers markets. Growers markets all over southeast Minnesota. And as a side note, as manager of Farmers Market, you know, stays active working with us and we've done some culturally relevant food demos and things like that out there. 
what we're also looking at is, okay, let's sponsor some BIPOC growers. Let's teach them the ropes. Let's buy their crop overages and teach them how to make culturally relevant foods for distribution back out to their community. An example of that would be lemongrass oil. We, the Rochester Cambodian Association is also a strategic partner of this program. So this is all work that's been done in the, in the past year. And so for them, they grow a lot of lemongrass, which is widely used by their elders and things like that for medicinal purposes. So in this case, we could teach them how to harvest that lemongrass, extract the medicinal out of it, infuse that into oil, and offer in their community a really reasonably priced lemon, uh, lemongrass oil, which would not normally be accessible to the, to the communities that we're talking about. Because, you know, something like lemongrass uh, oil is very high, if you can even find that in our region. Our guest today on Good Morning Good News on Bluff Country is Southeast Minnesota Food Rescue and Redistribution Program Director Lisa Schultz. If you'd like to find out more about the organization, go online to mnfoodrescue.com. And so so that's an example of a barrier where we want to remove some of these barriers to increase BIPOC grower profitability with value-added products, with strengthened distribution. We are sponsoring the Rochester Night Market this year, which was a new uh, night market that popped up in Rochester last season. The first uh, night that that was open, over 8,000 attendees. And this is a market that's based upon diversity. It's modeled after the Asian night market. So at a state level, there's a lot of interest there. So we would we would be sponsoring growers and processors to enter that marketplace. We would help them understand licensing, what they need to really actually do. And so that that's just one aspect of what we're working on. Does that kind of all make sense to you? Yeah, and when you were saying, uh, not, I think it was an abbreviation for something, uh, are you saying BIPOP? Is that what you're saying? Yes, that would be Black, Indigenous, People of Color Communities. Oh, people. Oh, so it, it's C, not P, not BIPOC. Yeah, BIPOC. Okay. Sorry about that. No, that's <laughs> fine. I just <laughs> I'd never heard that term. One question that popped up was what you guys are based in Rochester. Now, do you have certain communities you serve in southeastern Minnesota or counties? How does that go? Because usually. Well, we have to represent all. We, we want to, in fact, represent all of the southeast Minnesota region that covers so basically every county in southeast minnesota okay and and so we so we got through that proof of concept and now we have gotten some funding through smith and we're looking at a minnesota department of agriculture grant that we're very hopeful that will be awarded to us end of march so then we're really going to be able to state the specific communities that we're going to be walking into in particular for food distribution. But this is really, this season here is where we're really standing this project up beyond proof of concept. And our proof of concept study demonstrated that we could rescue food, pay emerging growers for that food, a wholesale rate, broker that to food processors at same rate, and then also help food insecure folks with a portion of the profits that are made. Our guest today on Good Morning Good News on Bluff Country is Southeast Minnesota Food 
Rescue and Redistribution Program Director, Lisa Schultz. If you'd like to find out more about the organization, go online to mnfoodrescue.com. So, for instance, last year we rescued strawberries, as an example. We also rescued raspberries, corn, a bunch of other stuff. But some of that was processed by BIPOC processors, myself, indigenous, so culturally relevant foods that my people will recognize. portion of that I sold, and we were able to demonstrate that both grower and processor maintain profit margins. On the processing end, we have a big enough profit margin to actually take some of that money and donate towards food insecure folks. So Infusion Foods is a great example. They are, the owner of that company is based out of, his heritage is, is from India. So his cuisine is very heavily weighted vegetarian. So looking at different ways of, um, of rolling those products out through dehydration or whatever to communities that will recognize that food. The big thing with indigenous peoples, I can tell you for sure, the things we want to know is where did the food come up out of the ground from and how was it grown if, we, if we're not able to grow it ourselves. And so if we go to a, a service that, that is wanting to impact the impoverished in our community that are facing food apartheid, then we understand that those services don't often have culturally relevant or even recognizable foods for the very communities that they're trying to impact. An example of that is the Prairie Island Indian community. Last, uh, upon my last check, and I don't know if this has changed, but they don't even have a food shelf there. They don't have a food shelf there because of their history of dealing with agencies and being provided food that made their people sick. So expired food, as an example. So the work with Smith is really about strengthening the, strengthening the economy, of BIPOC growers and producers. So our grant money with the Smith is not is going to be doing all of that. We're going to be standing up a product line. We're going to be purchasing food crop overages. We're going to broker that food. We're going to process shelf-stable foods. And all of those things that I mentioned before. So that is the Smith grant, you know, enhancing distribution channels, supporting and developing uh, relationships with uh, small businesses in the community. A Jersey Joe should not be getting his produce shipped down, you know, owned by a black, that's a black owned business, having his tomatoes and pe- peppers shipped down from the cities because he can't find locally grown food here, put on his sandwiches like peppers and tomatoes at a price that is equitable. And so getting the food to him for a dollar a pound allows him to make his product more local, right? Thanks for joining us today, Lisa. If you'd like to find out more about Southeast Minnesota Food Rescue and Redistribution, go online to mnfoodrescue.com.